airport. You know what I'm talking about? Competent airport. Not one of these other uh, uh, liberal states where they make everything as difficult as possible. And as a, how can we spend money and, and do it the most difficult way? But anyhow, that's another story to be told. So what we want to talk to you about today, that way you know a little bit about me. And you can check us out. Uh, I want to encourage you to follow us on uh, Facebook or to like us, MarcusWickMinistries.com, Instagram, and go check out our website. We have a free spiritual gift assessment which test which you can take, and there's some uh, resources there and stuff that will uh, bless you. But today, I want to talk to you about hearing the voice of God. And uh, what you're going to discover today, there's two things that I want to I want to impart to you today. I want to impart to you how God is speaking right now. Number one, and I want to impart to you the simplicity of God's voice. What you're going to discover today after I get done talking to you is that God's been talking to you the whole time. You just didn't recognize it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. And, and when you begin to recognize it, uh, you'll begin to uh, walk at a greater level of God's purpose, God's wisdom, God's counsel for your life. And you'll be more laser guided in your focus of what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to accomplish. And God, hey, I'm going to say this. God doesn't just talk about spiritual things. Very good. God will talk to you about life. He's your friend. He's your father. He's your Lord, but he's your friend and your father. And he'll, he'll, he'll talk to you about things. For instance, let me share a testimony. So years ago, when I was young in the Lord and I felt the Holy Ghost, I, I told the I used to be, speak over myself. God, just like you gave the builders of the tabernacle, the builders of the temple and the tabernacle, you gave them by the Spirit of God, you gave them knowledge, understanding, and wisdom on how to work fabric and gold. They didn't get it from a vocation school. They got it from the Spirit of God. I'm When I go to work in my occupation, you're going to give me wisdom by the Spirit of God on how to do things that I didn't get from books. Yes. Now, I'm not against book learning. Amen. Mm-hmm. But how many people know that there's some things, the Holy Ghost will give you inside information and make you look smarter than the book learners. <laughs> Amen. Don't be a book burner. Be a book learner. But there's a deeper level of wisdom that the Spirit of God can impart to you through the Holy Ghost. So I, I used to say that years ago, and when I worked at Honda of America Manufacturing, I, I, I get ideas and know how to fix things by the Spirit of God. Right? So I begin to say it again. And uh, Sharon bought me my first grill in our marriage. One from Walmart. Had a steak searer on the side. That steak searer was awesome. You know what I'm saying? Sear the steak. The redder, the better. Come on now. <laughs> Glory to God. If any of you uh, burn your meat and it's hockey puck, you're of the devil in the name of Jesus. <laughs> because there's power in the blood. <laughs> I, okay, I'm just saying. I know, I know we're going to have to, you're going to have to clean this up later on. But anyhow, it's, it's okay. The redder the better. So I got this thing, and uh, boy, I was under, you, you would think I was under the old covenant. Because I was given full-blown burnt offerings. I'm talking my first grill. I'm talking three flames shooting off this grill. I was burning stuff, burning my chicken. Burning, you know, there's a learning curve to everything. But guess what I'm not going to do? You know what I'm not going to do? 
I'm not going to Google how to do it. I'm not going to look at a video because I am man. <laughs> and by reason of being born male, the male gene automatically knows how to grill. <laughs> right? There's things that we don't ask about. When you come over to my house, you don't touch my grill. And I don't touch your grill. There's no, I want Jesse's grill, right? Where can I find a grill like that? No, you leave Jesse's grill alone. But yeah, we're moving right along. So anyhow, I was burning everything. And then I begin to speak to myself. Begin to speak to God, I know how to do things. And I'm expecting God to do it in my occupation. And I burnt this chicken. And I'm carrying it in the garage. And as I begin to speak, God's going to give me knowledge and wisdom and understanding. I never expected God to tell me how to barbecue. So I'm going here, burnt offering, right? Burnt chicken, blackened chicken. And all of a sudden, I think to myself, all of a sudden the Lord says, do you know why you're burning that chicken? I go, get out of town. God, the Holy Ghost, is going to tell me how to grill chicken? What else is he going to talk about? My life just suddenly got a whole lot easier. Right? And the Lord said, it's because you're putting the barbecue sauce on in the beginning instead of on during the last five minutes. And if you'll grill the chicken and put the barbecue sauce on at the end, you'll stop burning it. I go in there. The Holy Ghost told me. I didn't read that in a book. I didn't look at a video. I threw that chicken on the table and said, thus saith the Lord, the Lord God Almighty has spoken to me from heaven. (laughs) And this is the last time we're going to have burnt chicken. I went, I said, go ahead and eat it right now. Take all the burnt pieces off. Tomorrow night, I'm going to do it the way the Lord told me to do it. And now I have the best grilled chicken on this side, that side of the Mississippi River because the Lord told me how to do it. What I'm trying to say is God wants to do life with you. And you hold him at arm's length. I remember a testimony from Happy Caldwell one time. He, uh, he was driving, he had to go to a meeting with a wi- his wife and another couple, right? And the, uh, uh, it was an old Ford, and the clutch, the clutch rod broke. And he's like, and they got stranded, because they can't, they, you know, the clutch rod broke. And his wife, and we all, we all, all us been, been this way, right, before? The wife said, oh, happy? Yes, wife. You know, this man, man, we don't need mechanical advice from our wife, right? She goes... Why don't we pray about it, Happy? Oh, my Lord, please. I'm a man. I know how to fix things. I don't need, give me a coat hanger, some duct tape. I got this. <laughs> okay, we'll pray about it. And he reluctantly prayed about it. They held hands around the car and prayed, started praying in tongues about God. We need help to fix this. We're out in the middle of nowhere. I got to be at a meeting. And as they prayed in the spirit, the Lord spoke to him. He said, you see that hood prop? He looked at the hood prop, the prop that was holding up the hood. It is the same exact part they use for the clutch rod. He took it off, put it in there, bam, they went down the road. Praise God. It's the same part. And he saw that by the Spirit of God. God wants to do life with you. And and what we got to do is, you don't put them in it. God just wants to speak about spiritual things. We are not Gnostics. Where all of a sudden, you know, God is only concerned about the spiritual, but not the physical. God can tell you. I mean, you got multiple kids. I had multiple kids. You got, I had three boys. Not all. I can't raise all three boys the same way. 
They got different personalities. I need help. Guess who knows who they are? God does. And God wants to speak to you. So the first way that God speaks, uh, which we want to talk about, and we won't belabor this point, is through the written word of God. The Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. And right now, we are in one of the most biblically illiterate generations in the church that ever, ever, uh, ever was born on the face of the earth. 85% of people in a recent survey that go to church on a regular basis, two times a month at least, do, 85% of church-going Christians do not read their Bible other than Sunday morning. And then we wonder why we're in the problem we're at. The word of God is the voice of God. And why do you seek for a voice when you have a verse? Very good. And it, thus saith the Lord will never override it is written. Very good. So what we need to do is we need, you know, 90% of your problems is all you got to do is pray the Holy Ghost. His first assignment is to lead you into all truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them according to thy word. John 17, 17. He's going to lead you into truth first. The revelation of the word of God. Because you can't navigate all the other ways that God speaks without having a compass. Without having a, 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 a point of reference, if you will. And the point of reference is the written word of God. Very good. And what we do is we pray the Holy Ghost and say, God, is there any verse... Or group of verses that I that, that the Holy Spirit will quicken right now, bring back to my memory that apply to my situation. The wisdom of God is in the Word of God. Amen. How to raise kids, how to do finances. It's in the Word of God. And a man of understanding or a woman of understanding will learn how to draw it out. Amen. It's in there. Yes. And, and what we got to do many times, we're, we're looking for something else. We're looking for something external because we're carnal and not spiritual. You want something that, appeal, that, that, that will appeal to your five senses. And part of being a carnal Christian in the area of hearing the voice of God. You ready for this? Most of you, you don't really want a prophetic word. You just want an, a word of affirmation. Mm. Wow. Yikes. You hear the word of God to feel good about yourself. I heard somebody, I said one time, you know, the body of Christ needs to be encouraged. The seeker sensitive movement has done exhortation and motivational messages, and they don't do much reproving and rebuking. Okay? Now, when the Lord rebukes you and the Lord corrects you, I'm going to throw out a lot. So hold on. You can listen to this later. I'm just going to give it to you. I'm opening up the fire hose this morning and thinking you can handle it. Okay? But when the Lord corrects you, how does he correct you? According to Hebrews chapter 12. First of all, correction is a manifestation of love and acceptance, not rejection. Yes. 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 If God did not love you and God rejected you, he wouldn't correct you because he wouldn't care. Right. That's right. That's right. And number two, if you read Hebrews chapter 12, have we not forgotten the word of what? Exhortation. God corrects you through exhorting you. Come up higher. So he doesn't condemn you. God is not your accuser. He is your advocate. That's right. Very good. So good. Yes. So hallelujah. So, so that's what we got to understand. So we go to the word of God and, and we find out what the word of God says. You know what I'm saying? What does the word of God say about this? And we need to love the word of God. Turn, if you will, to uh, uh, Psalms 19. And I want to show you this. 
Psalm 19. Are you learning something today? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. Let's start at verse 7. Psalms 19. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect. Meaning the word of God is perfect. It's not, though your Bible is not broke. <laughs> That's awesome. Your Bible is not deficient. You have people tell you, you have, have you ever heard somebody tell you this, maybe on Facebook? You cannot know. Yeah, Facebook's where I get all my revelation from. Right. Hallelujah. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful counsel. If I want to know what to do, I want your opinion on Facebook about it because it blesses me so much. But anyhow, but anyhow uh, what I'm trying to say is, so, so have you ever heard these people say this? You cannot fully understand the Bible without knowing the Greek and the Hebrew and the culture. Yeah. Some people put that. And guess what? Oh, my Lord. You don't know the Hebrew or the Greek or the culture, but I do. Let me be your guide. So what they're telling you is that you cannot know the truth by reading an English Bible. That is a lie Very from the pit of hell. Very good. There are people like Kenneth, uh, not Kenneth Hagin, but like uh, Smith Wigglesworth said, some people read it in the Greek and the Hebrew, and you can use that as tools to get a greater understanding. But here's the thing. If it ain't saying it in the English, it probably ain't saying it in the Hebrew and the right. Greek. Right, right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> My Lord. Yeah. You think you're going to get something special? I knew it. Look, I knew it was. I, I used to joke around about third-year ministry school. You go to two years of min- a school, and then all of a sudden they would close the door at third-year ministry. Pastor Greg Moore's in charge of it. Okay, we got the doors all closed, and he pulls out a book. This is really what's going on, third-year students. You know what I'm saying? There's no book going to pull out and say, you're going to find some secret revelation that nobody else has. Right. Very good. So you know, Smith Wigglesworth said, you know, people like to read it in the Hebrew and the Greek, but I like to read it in the Holy Ghost. What gives this Bible life is the Spirit of God. And the first thing that everybody says happens to them when they get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, you know what it is? The Bible becomes a brand new book. Amen? Amen. So your Bible is not broke. Amen? Amen. God is not wrong. When God says it's out of bounds, it's what? It's out. When it says it's in, it's in. When he says it's bad, it really is bad. Is God beating up on homosexuals? No. He says it's bad. Why? Because you're at a greater risk. Soulishly, the suicide rate amongst lesbians and homosexuals and transgender is higher. And you you put yourself at a greater physical, uh, on your body, you open yourself up to greater risk of disease. It really is bad. If you drink, I know it's sweet. I know it's sweet. I know antifreeze is sweet. But if you drink a glass of antifreeze, you're going to die. (laughs) My Lord, Jesus, please help us. Verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It's sure. It's steadfast. It makes wise the simple. That word simple means stupid, ignorant. The Bible will make you smart. Amen. Amen. The statutes of the Lord, verse 8, are right. Rejoicing the heart. When you find the commandments of God, you're like, hallelujah. Somebody turn on the light. 
I know what to do now. I got my answer. I don't have to second guess myself. I don't have to doubt that. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Meaning the fear of the Lord will produce genuine change that will last. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Look at verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than fine gold, sweeter also than the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and the keeping of them is great reward. Now, do you feel this way about the word of God? Do you feel, or is your attitude, I mean, be honest with yourself. When you read the Bible, why is it that we talk about things that we do to, to do disciplines that we're supposed to develop in our life with the Lord out of revelation? Why do we do them in the most painful way? It's said, get into the word of God. How can I make this painful? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to set my alarm for 4 a.m. For crying out loud, who gets out of bed at 4 a.m.? I roll over and hit the snooze. That's what I do. It's like, hey, let's celebrate the resurrection of Christ. We're having an early morning service. Well, I'm going to celebrate Jesus at noon. I don't have to get up at 4 a.m. to see the sun come up and celebrate the resurrection. Who in the world invented the early rise service on, Sunday, on Easter Sunday? Who did it? One of you early morning people. You're torturing the rest of us for crying out loud. I'm not even awake. And then, you know what? You've got to read the word the most painful way. You can listen to it. But what I'm saying is, when you get in the Word of God, do you, you, know, you know how you work for gold? Imagine there was gold or oil. You would get after it. Is, is the Word of God sweeter to you than honeycomb? And back in the ancient times, honey was the sweetest thing they had on the market. Yeah. Very good. Amen? Yes. So is it that way? If it's not that way, you kind of you know, go before God. It's not that way. God, why am I not enjoying your Word? So good. Because maybe the way I'm hearing it, maybe the way I'm taking it in, you know, what, you know what getting into the Word of God religiously is like? It's like boiling meat. That's a horror. You don't boil a ribeye steak. You don't boil. Have you ever had boiled hot dogs? They're horrible. But you know what? You can cook a hot dog on the grill or an iron, an iron skillet, and guess what? Yummy, yummy in the tummy. You know what I'm talking about. So it's like, yeah, air fryer, whatever. What I'm trying to say is, it's like we do. We, 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 why are you doing it that way? Do what works for you. Don't go to battle in somebody else's armor, David. Don't put on Saul's armor and read the Bible the way somebody else does. Amen. But just get into it and find out. Do you like to watch videos? There's multiple ways. But, you know, but the question is, inside your heart, is the word of God sweeter than honey? Because when it's sweeter than honey... You gotta hide the sugar bowl from the kids. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. And that's what God is saying. So what we do is we go to the Word of God first. Amen. And I want to talk about the, the difference between the old and the new. The old and the new. On the old covenant, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, would come upon the kings, the priests, and the prophets. He would come and then he would leave. New covenant, he came and he stayed. You read Jude chapter 2, it said, I will pour out my spirit. Old covenant. 
You read Jude on the other side of Pentecost, and it says what? Not that I will pour out my spirit, but I will pour out of my spirit. Very good. That's so good. Meaning, I'm not pouring it out from heaven. You already got the Holy Ghost. We're pouring it out of you. Amen. You don't have to have God descend and come and go get him. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You called on Jesus. He's here. But under the old covenant, it would be external things. Under the new covenant, he speaks internally. So many times you're praying for an answer and God gives you a Bible verse. And maybe you need to flip to the verse. And that's actually the voice of God. And that's your answer. Very good. That's so good. And just do it to it. Amen? Amen. Most of our problems is we're using the prophetic to backfill a word deficiency. Oh, that's good. Let me say that one more time. That's good. We are using the prophetic to backfill a word deficiency. Amen? Amen. So, so now, that's number. So there are three primary ways that God talks to every believer the written word of God. Now, number two, the, the next two are, are part of one. Okay, if that makes sense. The next two are peace and passion. And they are part of the inward witness. Well, that's good. That's so he good. speaks through the word of God. And now on the inside, the Holy Ghost bears witness with you. So what you do is you've got peace about stuff. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. This is so good. That's so, good. so what you do is you pray about stuff. And if you've got peace about it, guess what? It's God. If you lose peace, peace is your traffic light. Amen. If the light's red, stop. If the light's green, go. If the light's yellow, it does not mean speed up, okay? It means go through it cautiously. And as you go through it cautiously, if it turns green, hit the gas. If it turns red, it hit the brakes. Okay? And in the area of hearing God's voice, I'm going to give this to you really cool. This is a nugget. It's going to help you. Mobility brings clarity. Very good. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So God is just like GPS. What did you, you turn it on, you put, it locates where you're at, where you need to go, and then she's, she or he, whatever voice that you need, usually it's female, right? Because they're trying to train us men to obey and follow woman's instructions. <laughs> But for crying out loud, if you're going to make a GPS in a woman's voice, I just make it like a woman. And, you know, she'd go, go, down, go, 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 turn it here. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you go, I didn't turn. And then she'll talk to you. I knew this wasn't going to work out. You got the receipt? Take me back right now. <laughs> you never listen to me. You know, that's the way it is. But anyhow, that's moving on. God, I, we might have to get some, we might have to have some inner healing after that's this. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> So we're talking about peace. We're talking about peace. So what you got to do is, are you ready for this? There's flexibility in the will of God. Oh, so good. Say that one more. That's good. It's flexibility. God, man, I tell you what, I don't know how long we got this morning, but I'm going to hit these things. I'm going to give you what I got, what I got, okay? Because we're making an impartation right now. I was getting a haircut at the barbershop one time, and I saw a filled and stream magazine. You know how you look through the magazines? And they had the computer, uh, they had a red line, computer generated, showing a pheasant going into, uh, uh, into the brush to hide. Okay? And the pheasant 
the computer line that was over top of his path was red and it was straight in. And then they had the hunting dog. And the hound dog, his line was bright green and it was on top of the pheasants, the path that the pheasant took. And the hound dog was like this, to the right, to the left, to the right, to the left. God's perfect will for your life is the pheasant. You're the hound dog. Very good. So what you do sometimes, you get over to the left. Well, I'm losing the set. Yeah. Go back to where the set was strong. Nice. Very good. Wow. So we, we're not perfect in execution of the will of God. And God doesn't expect us to be perfect in the execution. I love that. Very good. There's flexibility. Uh, I'll show you. we got to do this. We gotta we gotta make this deposit. Psalms thirty two. So what you gotta do is take a chill pill. You can't miss the will of God if you don't want to miss the will of God. <laughs> Golly! Oh Lord, my life is over. God can't work with this. You know what I'm saying? Look at Psalms 32, verse 8. I will instruct thee and I will teach thee in the way thou shalt go. And you look at Jeremiah chapter 10. It is not in man to direct his steps. I'm going to say this. You ready? You're not the navigator and you're not the director, but you are the driver. Very good. God's riding shotgun. Jesus take the wheel. He ain't going to take the wheel. You're the one driving. Amen. He's the, he's the driving instructor. So you know what you need to do? Get out of the director's chair and get on the stage. Very good. And as an actor, you can do some improv stuff. Very right? Good. So I will instruct thee uh, in the way thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. We are in the maze. God's eye is above the maze. Very good. Amen. Be not, here's your attitude based on this, on the be not as the horse or as the mule, which has no understanding, whose mouth must be held in by bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Are you ready for this? Don't be a horse, don't be a mule. You know what a horse is? A horse is a person who runs ahead of God. A mule is a person who drags behind God. So the Lord, when I was young and dumb, I was a horse. Now I'm a mule. <laughs> and I'd rather be a little bit behind God than ahead of him. But, and, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying a rebellion. I said, but he's saying, don't, don't rebel. You, hear, you ever hear somebody give a testimony like this? The Lord was telling me to do this for the last six months. And finally he just wore me out and I obeyed God. That is not a testimony, you stiff-necked, rebellious person. You. God had to tell you for six months, my Lord, you mule-headed person, you, you're a mule. Uh, uh, hallelujah. Then other people, they just jump off the, they don't even ask God. They just go what they, they do what they want to do and jump off the cliff and hope that God gives them a parachute on the way down. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> But anyhow, you know, they don't have a break. All they have is go. Very good. Come on. The horse doesn't have a break. All they got is a gas pedal. The mule, all they have is a break. Very good. Right? So if you're not like the horse or the mule, look what he says in verse 10. Many sorrows be the wicked. The context 
of the verse determines what the wicked is. The wicked are what? The people that are horses and mules. Many sorrows. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. You know he haul. Come on. You're going to be like he haul. Many sorrows if you're kicking against the prince and resisting God. Running ahead. You're, you're, like, you're going to have to go through the school of hard knocks. And there's a better way to learn by listening to God's voice and getting rid of the horse and getting rid of the mule. The wicked. He that trusts in the Lord shall be shall have uh, mercy, shall compass him about. Therefore, be glad in the Lord, rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, ye that are upright heart. You're not a horse, you're not a mule, you genuinely want to do the will of God, you're not going to miss the will of God. Amen. Now look what he says in verse 10 again. Many sorrows be uh, shall the be uh, uh, shall be to the wicked, but he that trusts in the Lord shall have compass about mercy. Remember the pheasant. The hound dog, we're not perfect on execution. Many mercies shall compass him. Who? The person who's really committed to God. Yeah. So anyhow, let's, let's, let's get an illustration of what he's talking about here. This is going to bless you. How many people here have ever watched PBS? Okay. Have you ever watched a guy on PBS called or named Bob Ross? Oh, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Bob Ross. Bob Ross is kind of like Andrew Womack. You should be bored, but then all of a sudden you can't turn the channel and you watch the front house. <laughs> and you're like, man, I don't know. Yeah, you know? Yeah, really, it's, it's, just, it's like I should turn away, but I can't. I don't know what it is. I just like it. Anyhow, you're watching Bob Ross, and every once in a while, Bob Ross, when he's painting, will touch the canvas where he didn't intend to do. What are those called? Happy little accidents. <laughs> what he does, he goes, oh my Lord, I, 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 I didn't intend to do that. And Bob Ross does not go, turn off the camera. My mother and my third grade teacher were right. I'm never going to amount to anything. I made a mistake. Grab the camera, throw it in the trash, shut off the cameras, I quit. No, what he does, he goes, we made a happy little mistake. Don't worry. But you know what we can do with that happy little mistake? Accident? We can make it into a happy little tree. A happy little cloud. Yes. Happy little cabin. Happy little brook. And when Bob Ross gets done, it looks like the accident was part of the original picture. Yes. God shall compass you about with mercy. God is saying, I missed my turn. He goes, it's okay. Let's take this detour. I want to show you this old house here. Or show you, we're going to go a different route. And he can take your mistakes because you're committed to the will of God. You're not a horse and mule. And he can work it in and make, he is so good at taking the bad and working it together for good. It looks like the bad was part of his original plan and it wasn't though. That is so good. And what you got to do is take a chill pill. Mercy. And it's not, you know, if you don't want to miss God, you're not going to miss God. So anyhow, so we're back to peace, uh, Philippians. We're back to the, how the inward witness works. And I believe that will bless some of you. You're like, man, you know, hey, sometimes you don't know what to do because you're confused. And just like, Take your best guess. Yeah. Good, very good. Take your best guess, but move. And what does the GPS do? She says, go down in the corner. Well, I'm not sure what stop sign they're talking about. But you put your car in drive and start moving the car, and she flips you around and gets you out to the road. But she don't talk until you move. Yep. You got to move. 
or in the words of the lemur from Madagascar, you need to move it, move it. Come on. Get some mobility here. So now, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, by everything, meaning what? I'm not going to be a horse and a mule. I'm going to seek God's counsel. God, what do you want to do about this? Or you say, God, I always say, God, I don't know. I, haven't, I ain't got a word from you. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my best guess, move forward, but you have the power to veto. Amen. Very Amen. Good. Amen. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The word peace there, uh, uh, to keep, <coughs> means to be a watcher in advance, to mount as a sentinel, like a, 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 a guard, a protector, a bodyguard, to hem in and to protect. The peace of God is your protection. The peace of God is your check engine light. Amen. When the light goes off, you better pull over and find out what's going on. Very good. Now, the peace of God is not to be confused with being uncomfortable. Because there's many times God will tell you to do something uncomfortable and you've got peace, but you're uncomfortable. Yeah. You're freaking out. Yeah. Uh -huh. Because God will terrify you before he edifies you. <laughs> He'll say, hey, I want you to do this. <laughs> you know what? You're in the fetal position. You know, sucking your thumb. But he'll do it. He'll do that. That's why God leads you by steps and not by escalators and elevators because there's two types of people. If God told you what was next in your life, there's some of you, you wouldn't be in this season and you would be in the next season. And there's others of you, if God told you what was next in your life, the faith and the experience hasn't been developed yet for you to walk in the next season and you would fall in the fetal position and be terrified. So good. Wow. So good. You got to recognize the season you're in and be all in that season. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Peace. So, what you do is you pray about stuff. Do I have peace about it? Does it agree? And they're in order. Does it agree with the Word of God? Now, do I have peace about it? Amen. Yes, God. She's a female. Yes, he's a male. Right? And we can get married. Right? Opposite. You know, not, not male, male. Yeah, everybody understands. Okay. All right. Okay. And they're in the Lord. But do I have peace about it? Because I don't want to marry somebody that's called to be a pastor here. And I'm called to be a uh, missionary in India. Because although we're believers, we'll be unequally yoked. Because we got two different calls. But if you're married, you're married to the right one. Yes. You're married to the right one. It says right there, and let the peace of God, Colossians, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are called in one body and be thankful. Be thankful. That word, the word rule there means to arbitrate, to govern, to umpire. Amen. It's your umpire. It's the, it's the officiator of the game. Listen to the umpire. They know the rules. I don't care if you argue. You can argue. You can argue. But the, the ruling on the field, what? It stands. And God ain't blind like some of these other, uh, you know, umpires. 
You know what I'm saying? So we got peace. Do you have peace about it? Now, the second way is, uh, you'll find in Psalms 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. As you delight yourself in God, not the horse and the mule, he'll give you the desires of your heart. One One of the ways to look at it is you put yourself on the potter's will and say, you're the potter, I'm the clay, and God will lead you by desire. So good. And what he'll do is, some of you are waiting for a booming voice from heaven, and you got an unquenchable desire to do something, not realizing that the desire that will not go away is actually the will of God. Very good. What do you want to do? Does it agree with the word? I got peace. What do I want to do? It would be cruel for God to give you an assignment and a purpose and then not give you the passion or the desire to walk it out. Wow. He ain't going to call you to something you don't want to do. Amen. Amen. I agree. If, you want, if God's called you to Uganda, you can't, you want, I want to live in Uganda. I want to chase down my food with a spear. <laughs> wear a grass hut. I can't, I can't wait to get on a grass skirt and do this thing. <laughs> right? That's your attitude. If God's called you to be a pastor, you'll love being in charge of the insane asylum. <laughs> and meditating everybody. And pastors are good at meditation. And how they meditate. They self-medicate and they meditate. One for you, two for me. Because <laughs> you people are crazy. Right? I give in, I blow in, blow up, and blow out. But that's what God... But what I'm saying is, wherever the will of God is, you'll have a desire to be there. Amen. He'll give you a... De- so what happens is many times you're in an area and if the desire changes, it's, it's actually, it's like, I need to go into God and find out why the desire lifted. Most Christians stay in a place too long and the season has changed. So good. Okay? So we get desire. Philippians verse 2. Philippians chapter 2. Sorry. Philippians chapter 2, and then I'll tell you some stories, and then we'll zip through the other ones. Philippians 2, uh, uh, verse 13. Well, let's start at verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, talking about desire, for it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. God works in you both to will and to do. You'll want to do it. Yes. He'll not only define it, but work the will in you. Amen. And the capacity Amen. and the anointing. Amen. And it'll lead you through desire. Some of you are sitting there, well, I need, I need to do Well, if the desires change, you know what? Find out where it is. What do you want to do? Does it agree with the word? Does it agree with peace? And then, then if it agrees with the word and I got peace about it, what, do I, what am I passionate about? My Lord Jesus, you want to kill somebody? Let him be a Bible teacher and put him in a nursery. You're going to die. And there's some children that are going to go with you. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. I'm just saying. So good. It is. It's you got to, you know, what do you want to do? What do you have a desire to do? So anyhow, what I did was I, I get to use some counsel. So we were going to move from, uh, we lived in Colorado Springs. 
I went there in 2012, met Sharon in 2013, got married in 2014, and then we moved last year to DF Dallas. So Sharon was wanting to move. She, we share, Sharon graduated. I, 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 I want to get out of Karis. I want to help you with the ministry. I want to move. I okay. I don't want to move. I'm indifferent. I ain't got a green light. I ain't got a red light. In fact, she said, you're Mr. Mule. You're Mr. Comfortable. After, afterwards, after I moved, you want know the Lord spoke to me? Uh, Marcus, I said, yes, Lord. He said, the last three times I told you to do something, you've been dragging your feet. You need to pick up the pace. Okay. <laughs> so that's okay. It's good. Uh, I can do that. I pick up the pace. But yeah, so, so she wanted to move. Out of the altitude, 9,000 feet. She's having trouble breathing, and it's cold. It's snowing in like May and June sometimes. Yeah. So and then it starts snowing in September. So I I I I'm talking to Pastor Greg, who's on my board, about what's going on. Guy, Pastor Greg, share with me. She's driving me crazy. We talked about something else. I said, give me some counsel. He goes, I'm going to tell you what to do. I go, okay, Pastor Greg. Uh, I, and I told him the whole thing. I don't have a red light. I don't have a green light. I'm indifferent towards it. He repeated it. I'm going to tell you what to do. So I thought, man, this guy. Pastor Craig is so full of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. He's going to give me some deep spiritual truth I'd never heard in my life. This is going to be amazing. So I went out and got my multiple versions of the Bible, laid them up. That way he can give me the verses in multiple translations. Just in case he goes into, you know, new living, I got it. You know what I'm saying? Classic amplified, I got it. I'm ready to go. Okay. He can even speak the revelation of God through the NIV and I'll receive it. Got my, got my notepad. Got a brand new notepad, pen. I'm ready to write it out. And then he repeated to me. Are you back on? Yes, I am. You're indifferent, right? He goes, you don't have a green light. Nope. You don't have a red light. No. So it's yellow in your opinion. Yeah, I'm indifferent. He goes, very easy, Marcus. I said, what do I do? Do what your wife wants to do. I go, what? (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? I was like, I was like, I think, I think I lost the connection. <laughs> so I said, okay, cool. So I hung up the phone, and then I had to add, I had to add spirituality onto it. I came up and said, Sharon, I heard the voice of the Lord in the wilderness. And we are moving. And then as we started, to, we knew we wanted direct flights. We went down to the Dallas-Fort Worth area is what we did. We love the weather, oxygen, humidity, <laughs> direct flights. Yes. Hallelujah. The first time I got on a plane and didn't have to do a layover and got to go, I cried. I was like, I could hear the song. If I could put time in a bottle, I thought I just made back some time. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so, so what happened, and then as we begin to move on it, right, the peace came, the resources came. You're waiting for God to move. So here's the thing. If you are not hearing God anymore right now, there was a time that you used to hear God a lot and you're not hearing him now. Get quiet. Pray. Ask yourself, what was the last clear thing God told me to do? And did I do it? Very good. And go back there and do the last clear thing that God told you to do. And the GPS will start talking again. Now, he'll talk to you about life and scripture. But why, why would he give you, you know what, if he gave you the whole plan, it would overwhelm you, or you'll jump ahead of him, or you'll be accountable for something that you're not ready to walk in obedience to yet. Very good. Amen? Very good. So that's how, how's God, how does God talk? The word. The word, right? Peace, Peace. Yes. and passion.
Now turn to Isaiah 50, turn to Isaiah chapter uh, 58. Are you learning something? Yes, sir. We're talking about delighting yourself in the Lord. And then and then we're gonna talk, we're gonna we're gonna lay this bird. Okay? So good. So good. Okay. Isaiah 58, verse 13. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy own pleasure on my holy day, and call it the Sabbath. This Isaiah 58 is talking about the day of atonement, and the and the prophet Isaiah is rebuking the nation of Israel for not keeping the day of atonement. But we can gain insight to how how the word of God or how delighting yourself in the Lord uh, works. Okay? My holy day and, and shall call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and thou shalt honor him, not doing thy own ways, nor finding thy own pleasure, nor speaking thy own words. Then thou shalt delight thyself in the Lord. You honor God is how you do it. You're honoring God. You're not, you're not doing your own thing. You're not self-willed. You're not being led by your own desires. And you're not speaking your own words. You'll delight yourself in the Lord. And in that environment, God can lead you by passion. You're putting yourself as clay. I'm putting myself on the potter's wheel and saying, mold me and make me. Amen? Yes. And that's what you're doing. That's how you delight yourself in the Lord. Now, as I was praying in the Holy Ghost one time, and I knew these things, right? The Lord began to speak to me. And the Lord said, the Holy Ghost was speaking to me one night about these things. The word of God, uh, peace and passion. And he said to me, he goes, he said to me, he goes, do you want to know where all of these are at in one verse? I said, what? What are you talking about, Holy Ghost? Now, when I pray in tongues and God starts giving me a revelation, I kind of step on the accelerator because I think if I pray faster in tongues, the revelation will come quicker. <laughs> so before the Lord talks to me, I'm going, you want to know where that's all at one verse? You know what I'm saying? I'm like trying to get it faster. Uh, not that that works, but I'm just saying, I just... I just did that. So, so what the Lord did is the Lord led me to, uh, he showed me this in uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 17, if you will. Romans 14. These are all, these are the three primary ways that God leads you. The word, peace, passion. That's it. You're looking for a megaphone. You're looking for a pool of Bethesda. The Lord said, you grow in my voice. You know how you grow up in the voice of God? When God no longer has to move you by megaphones, but he can move you with a whisper. Very good. Very good. Amen? So he says right here, he says right there, he says, for the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, Romans 14, 17, but righteousness, peace, and joy. Instead of using passion, it uses joy in the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 18. For he that in these things, what things? Righteousness, peace, and joy serves Christ. You serve God through, you serve Christ through righteousness, peace, and joy. Uh, hallelujah. Is acceptable unto God and approved of men. Wow. That is awesome. Very good. So how, it's the, how do you determine what's right and wrong? Thy word, didn't we just read in Psalms 19 that thy commandments are what? Right. Yeah. Turn to Isaiah 45. 
thought I had it highlighted in this one. Isaiah 45, are you there? Yes. Verse 19. I'll read verse 18. For thus saith the Lord, who created the heavens and the earth, God himself hath formed the earth and made it. He hath established it to be, uh, uh, he created it not in vain. In other words, I am the creator and I created you with a purpose. Amen. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none like me. Look at verse 19. I have, what we're talking about, the voice of God. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I, I said not unto the seed of Jacob, seek ye me in vain. In other words, if you seek me, I'm going to talk. I, the Lord, speak righteousness and declare things that are right. What does the word of God sound like? Righteousness. How does the Holy Ghost lead you? Righteousness, peace, and joy. The word of God, peace, and passion. Very good. Very, That's awesome. Righteousness. The kingdom of God is like a river. Everything that God does supernaturally and his voice flows within the banks of two rivers. That river has two banks like every other river. The written word of God and Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. The Holy Ghost will never violate the written word of God and will never turn you away from Jesus as the Christ. The way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on now. Amen. I like that. I'm like, hey, holla. that's simple. Good, yes. What you're doing is you're you're doing you're doing the 70 sitcom. Well, you know what I'm saying? More Colleen Orson. Come in, Orson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you're putting an aluminum foil hat on your head, trying to button with rabbit ears, trying to tune into the voice of God. <laughs> you're like doing like a monk crossing your legs. Home. You know why they're humming, right? Because they're in pain because your legs weren't meant to be that way. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now real quick, turn to 1 Corinthians. Now we're going to talk about how the inward witness works a little bit. Or how God talks. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Are you learning something? Yes. Are you hearing something new? Are you going to be able to be led by the Holy Ghost? Yes. And what you can do is you can create an environment by praying in tongues. The more you pray in the Spirit, the more you pray in tongues, the more you'll create a greater sensitivity to God. You're drawing it out. Right? It says right here, But as, as it is written, I has not seen, set, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, is that what I said? Yes. Verse 9, As it is written, I has not seen, nor ear has heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him, but God has revealed them unto us. Here's how God talks. Remember, we got what? In order. They're in order. The word, peace, passion. Notice what it says here. But he's revealed them to us. I has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of God. God speaks to you as a believer through your eye, your ear, or your heart. Very good. That's it. It's that simple. Do you see visions? Do you have dreams? Do you hear voices? I'm talking about the good kind of voices, not the voices before Christ that you had to take dedication for. <laughs> Amen? Yes. Or do you or does God speak to you through your heart? You know things and you get impressions. 
good. That's exact. That's it. It's that simple. What you're doing is you're looking for. Hello, I'm Gabriel the Angel. How you doing? Let's hang out and play some ball. <laughs> Let's talk about the will of God while we go do some fishing. Amen. No, and it don't happen that way. No, it doesn't. Doesn't happen that way. Amen. You might have an angel show up, but you got a greater. You have a greater leading of the Spirit of God on this side of the cross than the Israelites had with the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Amen. You have a greater leading of the Spirit of God on this side of the cross. And this, you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you hanging on your rib cage. Amen. And you just got to recognize how he operates. I'm seeing pictures. I pray and I see pictures. Well, what's those pictures mean to you? Don't ask them what they mean to me. Ask what they mean to you. Because God knows when you see a dog, what that dog means to you. Now, it doesn't matter what it means to me. It means what it means to you. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm just saying, are you hearing voices? Are you getting an impression? And you just know something. Yeah. And you don't know how you know it. And you act on it. And all you got to do is act on it and say, God, okay. Marcus just taught me this. Now I'm going to practice. And then you're going to dial it in. It's like a radio station. I'm not quite tuned in yet, but I'm going to dial it in and I'm going to move the knob and I'm going to get dialed in. I'm going to what? I'm going to dial it into the right frequency and I'm going to move closer to the radio station. Mm, good. Very good. So this is what happens to some of you. Why you go full-blown Pentecostal. You're sitting there, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. What do I do? What do I do? And then finally, you're, you've tried everything you can do. I don't know about you, but I'm not that smart. I owned a Rubik's Cube from the 80s, and the more I tried to put it together, after I got it all messed up, I couldn't put it back together. I'd get one side, get green, mess it up, then I'd have yellow and white. So on and so forth. The way I solved the Rubik's Cube is I peeled off all the stickers and put it back on. <laughs> or I broke it down and put it back together. I cheated. I cheated. I'm sorry. I'm a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Okay? So that's just the way it is. So so what happened was, so 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 what happened is the more you try to fix your problem here, and then finally you go to this, you go, oh Lord, I don't know what to do. You're making up some mess, you're messing your shoe, your shirt's untucked. Yeah, you got mud on your face. You're a big disgrace. Anyhow, you know what I'm talking about. So that's what's going on. So you're, and then all of a sudden you go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray in the Spirit. And the Holy Ghost hanging on your, uh, hanging on your room. I don't, I don't know what to do. The Holy Ghost is saying, I know what to do. I'm your helper. Let me, let me. Holy Ghost is in there in his bathrobe with his shoes on, uh, his uh, slippers on, watching TV because you won't let him work in your life. Oh, man. So I have this. Then you start yielding yourself to the Holy Ghost. And then normally if you pray in the Spirit quite a bit, you can just go. I got news for you. That doesn't freak out a Methodist or a Baptist. What freaks out the Methodist or a Baptist is when you go full blown Pentecost. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're like, oh my Lord. That freaked me out as a Methodist. <laughs> Warring tongues, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, and then the, you know, I'll let him slide down the seat, right? But the reason he does that is because he's like, they finally gave me their mouth and allowed me 
They gave the Rubik's Cube over to me, and I better solve this in five minutes before they go full-blown carnal and go back to the flesh. So he's going to do fire hose prayer for you to try to get it in before you shut them down and go back to business as usual. So what you got to do, just build up your endurance. Yes. Pray five times a day for five minutes. Very good. Build up your endurance. Yes, very good. And see, you're developing this discipline of praying in tongues out of revelation, not out of obligation. I pray in the Spirit that I might know the thing. The Spirit of God was given to me that I might know the things that have been freely given. They've already been given. I don't know what I got yet. So he's praying the menu or praying the bank ledger so I can activate my faith and make a withdrawal. I got an inheritance. Right? And I need help figuring it out. It said, though I understand all mysteries. When I pray in tongues, I pray mysteries, right? The purpose of tongues is to gain understanding. The answer to tongues is understanding mystery. It's the understanding that comes from praying in tongues of the mysteries that have been hid in Christ from the foundation of the world. I can't walk in what I don't understand. And the Holy Ghost is going to help me. Because without the Holy Ghost, I'm stuck on stupid. So what I'm saying is, you've got to pace yourself. So allowing it. You'll enrich your faith. You'll, you'll develop sensitivity by praying in tongues. Now what the Lord told me is, I'm in full-time ministry. I don't do contracting anymore. Right? So all of a sudden, I'm in a funk for about a year. A funk. I go and I get a preacher, get a minister. And I'm like, I go home. I feel like a slug. And I'm praying, is it spiritual? What is it, God? Is it physical? Do I need a healing? Do I need to change my app, my diet? But golly, oh, I love Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'm not going to do that. So anyhow, <laughs> I want to land this bird. But here, here's, here's what I'm talking about. So I prayed in the spirit. Give me the answer. I prayed in the spirit for about an hour. And, and the next day, I'm going down the hill, down the pass in Colorado Springs. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, you want access to Say, God, I don't know what to do. I'm going to access the mind of Christ. You know how you access the mind of Christ? God, I'm at the end of my knowledge of your word and my, my knowledge of your will. Though we prophesy, we know in part and prophesy in part. Right? That is, the, the, we know in part is our knowledge of the word. Prophesying in part is our knowledge of the will of God. Very good. Right? So good. It says, when, 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 when that which is perfect comes... First Thessalonians, that which is in part shall be done away with, and which is knowledge, tongues, and what? Tongues will be done away, and prophecy. But then the next verse, that first verse, it lists, it lists the things that will happen when that which is perfect has come. It lists knowledge, tongues, and prophecy. The next verse, it says, we know in part and prophesy in part. Which one is not in that list? Tongues. Because tongues doesn't come out of the part category. Tongues comes out of the perfect category. And tongues gives me the power of God, the grace of God, to access the parts of His Word and His will that I currently don't possess. So I pray in tongues, and He gives me the interpretation in the form of flooding my understanding with a revelation from the Word that I need right now, or understanding or revelation of His will for my life. Amen. Answers made stupid, made simple. We are stuck on stupid without the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that's how God talks. 
Now I'm going to zip. I'm going to zip through the other ones real quick and just mention them. I'm not going to teach on them. Okay. Now those are the three primary ways that God talks. And out of the secondary ways, there are three that are above the other. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, what will you do? You will what? Prophesy, dream dreams, and have visions. Amen. So the first way he's going to talk to you is through the word, peace, passion. Primary. That's, he'll do the majority of his talking to you and your life that way. Then, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to prophesy the will of God. You're going to dream dreams and you're going to have visions. Amen. Very good. And then after that, after that, we have angels. Angels will appear. I've had angels show up in dreams. And I taught, you know, doing the will of God. But I don't choose that. I don't initiate it. They initiate it. Don't be an intruder. Hallelujah. Don't force something. Don't make you're not going to see angels five days a week. <laughs> or seven days a week. The, and then the, then the other way. So we got what? We got prophecy, dreams, visions. And then when it comes to visions, there's three types of visions, right? Yeah. Open eye vision, where you see it like it's just physically there. A spiritual vision and a trance. Amen? Then we got angels. Then we got Jesus himself appearing. I've had Jesus come to me. And I, I've seen him in a dream. There was one night I was, go, I was going through the, my, my divorce. My first divorce, I tried to save that marriage. I just couldn't do it. She wouldn't have it. But yeah, I, was, I was on E. I had a nervous breakdown during my divorce and ended up in a mental hospital for about a week. But I was on E. And I actually had a suicide attempt. Never been suicided before or after. I was so embarrassed afterwards. I believed a lot. I had a nervous breakdown. Well, anyhow, uh, after that, I, I was on E. And I was like, I, you know, I'm on E. But you know what? I ain't going there again. Right? right? And during that week, on the Tuesday and Thursday night, never happened before and never happened after. The Lord came into my bedroom, stood by my bed while I slept, and sang scripture over me all night long. Mm. And I was refreshed. God will give you what you need. Right? And then, and then finally, the audible voice of God. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but every time the audible voice of God is revealed in Scripture, it's right before somebody's about ready to go into a major event. Yeah. I said, God, I'd like to hear your voice audibly, but mm, I don't want to try So never mind. Is it your I do not want the trial. No, thank you. Exactly. Hallelujah. I'd like to get up. God, I'm soft. God, you know how you built me. I'm built for comfort. <laughs> I'm a luxury model. I'm not a tank. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tell the Lord. Yeah, I tell the Lord. So anyhow, so, so you do all that. So, so what you do is you just pray. You just do the will of God. And just begin to, to push it and say, God, this is how you're going to talk to me. This is how you're going to talk. And I'm going to hear the voice of God greater than I've ever heard it because you're going to find out God's been talking to you the whole time. You just didn't, you were looking for, you've been looking for his voice in all the wrong places. Yeah. Looking for voice in all the wrong places. Looking for his voice in all the wrong places. Anyhow, never mind. I'm singing songs again. Hallelujah. But anyhow, and that's what it comes down. And that's the simplicity of hearing his voice. And God, and what I do is I have, I have, I have, I have dreams. You know, we got dreams. Can I read you one more verse? Job, turn to Job about dreams. I ain't got time to say this, but I am going to say this. 
You'll never find one example in the Old or the New Testament where a believer went to another believer to have a dream or a vision interpreted. We'll say that one more time. Come on. There is no such thing as the gift of interpreting dreams. Amen. Come on. The book of Colossians says, if a trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who can understand what is 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 blown? If a trumpet gives a harp or pipe without life, gives an uncertain, who can prepare? He's saying that when you when you preach, when you operate the gifts of the spirit, you got to get you, people got to understand you, and they got to be able to respond to it. Very good. So if God puts that guideline on you and I when we speak and we flow the gifts, then God functions. That's part of His character and His nature, and it's an attribute, two attributes of His voice. He speaks that you can understand, and He speaks that you can respond to it. If you can't understand it or respond to it, it's not God. Very good. Come on. It's called pepperoni pizza. <laughs> what does unicorns mean? And for crying out loud, Daniel and Joseph did pull out a book and then say, okay, here, waterfalls mean this. Magenta means this. The number 89 means this. They didn't do that. Amen. Come on. People that intrude, an intruder is a trespasser. Prophecy is God initiated. These angels and all these other ways, it's God initiated, not you initiated. It said they're intruders. They intrude into things that they don't know about. And one of them is angel worship. Intruders is where you initiate it and you try to intrude because it's all about you and not about him. And people that prophetically intrude are preoccupied with heaven, heavenly visitations and visions, angels, and dream interpretation. Amen. Different colors of angels. Give me a break. I'm just, and they might be different colors. I don't know. I don't care. What's that have to do with me and Jesus? I don't want to spend my life preoccupied with stupid. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Don't be a granola Christian or prophet. Fruity, nutty, and flaky. Amen. Come on. Amen. So here in in Job chapter 33, and God loves you so much. How many of you know we're under a, a better covenant with better promises? We got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. Amen. All you got to do is listen. Called Q-tip. Get the wax out of your ears. <laughs> For God speaketh once, yea, twice. Verse 14, Job 33, 14. Yea, twice. Yet a man perceives it not. In other words, God's speaking to you. And because you got activity, have you ever been in an area where you've had high emotions involved and it's hard to hear God's voice? Yeah. Or you're just busy with life. And what happens is something's going on in your life. God speaks once or twice and you can't hear it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men in the psalmeries of the bed, he openeth up the ears of men and silleth their instruction through dreams that he may withdraw man from his purpose, hide him from pride, being self-willed, going down your own path, and keep him soul, his soul back from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. I have confidence if I get so busy, I ain't got time to pray and fast to be as sensitive to God. 
that God will tell me in a dream He will not let me fall in a pit. He will not let me go down the road of pride. He will not let me perish by the sword because God loves me and I'm His favorite. Amen. Very good. Right? Come on. You need to say that. I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. Because you know why? All the favor that was on Jesus is on you and Jesus was God's favorite and you are seated, you're seated with Jesus and hallelujah and you're God's favorite. Yes. God's not gonna if 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 you let your friend go into a fixed in yard where there is a vicious dog and they got bit, whose fault is it? Mine, because they didn't know. If I warned them, put a padlock on it, and put a beware of dog sign, and then they jump the fence, whose fault is it now? Theirs. Theirs. God is not gonna let you go into a yard with a vicious dog that's gonna eat you and not warn you. Some of y'all. I'm in a horrible marriage. Well, God tried to warn you. And you went ahead and married who you did. Come on. Now you're stuck like Chuck. <laughs> Hallelujah. Divorce is off the table, but murder isn't. I'm just, I'm just saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't do that. But I'm just saying, how many times? How many times? All of a sudden, hey, the murder rate in Warrior, we're in Warrior, right? The murder rate in the town went up after Marcus came. <laughs> But what I want to encourage you, is that how, that's how God talks, discipline. Do you want to hear God's voice? Yes. Or do you just want to struggle under the weight of your own decision trying to figure it out? Amen. I want to hear the voice of God. Amen. And to the best of my ability. So what my confession over myself is this. I hear the voice of God. I believe the voice of God. I obey the voice of God. Yes. So I want you to say that with me. Say, I hear the voice of God. I hear the voice of God. I believe the voice of God. I believe the voice of God. And I obey the voice of God. And I obey the voice of God. In Jesus' name.